Hey guys, it's Nate, um, and I know what you're thinking. You haven't uploaded an episode in over two months now, and yep, I know, it's that's my bad, but I'm starting to get back on the ball recording and trying to come up with a consistent schedule. Also in this episode, just wanted to say that Jaden is cutting out and like his voice gets all weird and high-pitched and stuff. And most of it I cut out, but there's still certain parts where I kind of had to leave them in just to not cut them off. And I'm not sure what it is, just uh, I I would I didn't know how to fix it. I don't know whose end it was on or whatever, but yeah, just be aware of that. Still, still rough cuts of everything, you know. I'm doing my best with what I got, you know. So, but if if you've stuck around for this long, thank you so much. For listening like I said I'm gonna try and get more consistent with my uploads and scheduling conflicts and you know life getting in the way have been the reasons why I haven't been recording but hopefully this will be the start of better recording times I guess I don't know uh, but thank you and enjoy the episode Welcome back to the Opinionated Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Crouch, and today I am joined by a new guest who is kind of like a short notice thing, but we're going to roll with it. I'm Jaden Lotus. I'm the short notice guest. Uh, I'm here on short notice. <laughs> he is the short notice guest from now on. So what's going on, bro? How you been? I don't really been... know you that well, but now we're <laughs> going to we're gonna get to know each other. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I've been doing pretty solid. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about music in general because I don't have a lot of people here. Uh, around these here parts that like to talk about it a whole lot so it's good to get those opportunities and i will gladly take them so if you couldn't tell we're going to be talking about music this episode yes i know i have a music episode already but we're going to do another one i probably will will do plenty in the future so since i've already explained my background and what i grew up listening to i guess we'll just start with you and what you grew up listening to as a kid and how it's influenced your music taste over time all right. Well, uh, my dad was a big music person, and he was very much in that classic rock and like classic metal range. So I listened to a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of like Metallica and ACDC, like the classic stuff, you know. Oh yes, uh, yes. Some Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden was was a big one that uh, that we, I didn't listen to a whole lot, but they were one of my favorite bands, and they still are one of my favorite bands. Iron Maiden is great. I also grew up listening to a lot of Iron Maiden. But mostly like Black Sabbath, I would say that's definitely oh, one of yeah, my dad's yeah. favorites. Uh huh. Same here. Yeah, definitely the same, the same boat. Probably very similar people. Hot take: I actually don't really like ACDC, like almost at all. Um, I mean, I think they were mostly just hits. Like I would say their their first album, and then hits because yeah. after after uh, Bon Scott, I believe his name is, he he passed away. Everybody says that's when ACDC changed. And they just aren't as good. 
And some people mm-hmm. to this day are like diehard fans that will not listen to any of the new stuff with Brian Johnson. It's crazy. I didn't like a whole lot of a lot of their stuff, honestly. Like um, even a lot of their like first album, I wasn't a big fan of, mainly because uh, I, I guess I can chalk it up to their mixing. I think I think they as a band are pretty decent. I wouldn't put them much higher than that, but their post production. Uh, ends up making a lot of their music just sound so like empty to me, like sonically empty. I mean, it's it's pretty simple stuff. Like I'd say it's like if you want to yeah. get into rock music, if you're not already into rock music, like that's a great introduction. But if you mm-hmm. want to get into you know the more extravagant stuff, then yeah, ACDC is definitely not one of the yeah. top bands for that. Most of my younger life was spent listening to that kind of stuff uh, with my dad. Later on. Not not too much longer down the line, probably when I was like getting close to like twelve ish, like that range. I started listening to more like punk rock, like some of like oh, the yeah. classic punk rock stuff and whatnot. Like, and still to to this day, All Time Low is one of my favorite bands as well. Yes, um, I like love All Time Low. Yeah, All Time Low. Just like they're one of the few bands that I keep up with, like new songs that I've like listened to for a long time, and all their new stuff goes just as hard, and it's it's awesome. Exactly. Um, See, I. I mostly stayed in the classic rock realm when I was living with my parents. And then when I moved to North Little Rock and with my grandparents, they still listen to classic rock, but I started meeting new friends and they introduced me to more and more music. Like I knew Mm -hmm. pop punk existed because of, you know, sports soundtracks because they used to be big in sports soundtracks. So I recognized bands and names, but never really listened to them until Mm -hmm. later. I, uh, I didn't ever have any big revelation, like, change in life that uh set me on to listening to different stuff it was sort of just like a slow leak over time from like you know one green day song would come on you know a classic rock station or something i like they're that. not i cannot accept the fact that they're classic rock <laughs> i honestly it's uh it's something like we're i mean they're at the point man they're they're old uh they, they've they been are. around for long enough early 90s or mid 90s something like that i mean classic punk rock is still a thing right i mean you just get more specific with it but yeah green day was another band that i liked a lot i couldn't get into green day's earlier stuff i tried just american idiot is the only album i could really dive yeah, i understand into. i understand that that's fair i remember one time i was probably like 13 or 14 at this point at the oldest my dad took us karaoke and i didn't like the concept of singing at all at that point i was like that's stupid dumb i don't want to do that you dumb dad but we ended up going anyways and naturally out of the peer pressure of my my father and my brother i i ended up doing some stuff i remember uh i'm pretty sure a green day song i think 21 guns might have been oh, like yes one of the one of the ones that i did that's one of my favorite green day songs for sure um but man i just like back then i thought to myself man i did pretty good but like <laughs> thinking back on it i can't imagine a 13 year old boy singing that song would sound good at yeah. all see i never did karaoke i probably won't because nervousness but mm-hmm. i mean i guess if you love a song that much you, you just go for it you know yeah i i don't know it's definitely not really for me nowadays i make a lot of my own music and, and you know i sing in that um so it's like i still i still do sing and whatnot it's not the same as uh doing it in front of a bunch of people 
for yeah. like some other songs because I've done concerts with my band that I'm in live too and like I sing in those and it's fine like I don't get nervous in that setting for some wild reason <sighs> something to Maybe it's because it's like a bunch of different people like are, are also in the same position. So you're like not necessarily the most main focus. Like yeah. if you're singing, you are going to be the main focus, but you're not like the only thing people have to pay attention to. In karaoke, it's that's not the case. You're the only one there doing anything. That's true. But it, it seems backwards because like, you know, people are actually judging your music in a concert, but in a karaoke setting, like... They, like you're meant like you're not meant to sound perfect of course like they expect like some faults or some you know yeah you don't you don't come to karaoke with the expectation that the people that are going up to sing have been practicing for months for the performance exactly i guess i haven't done karaoke in a really long time so like maybe if i did it now i'd, I'd feel better about it I, I still i still don't think it would even be for me i don't i don't think i would enjoy it very much in the first place so i doubt i'll ever really do it again unless it's like peer pressure then i probably will <laughs> I, I don't off your ass <laughs> i succumb to peer pressure quite easily Damn. so if someone yeah. says hey we should go do that i'll probably just be like okay that's the stuff i grew up with and i listen to a lot of different stuff now uh much like yourself i've got a, a really wide taste in music i, I like a lot of stuff there's not much that I don't enjoy listening to. More recently, I've I've listened to a lot of uh of Japanese rock, which I know sounds weird. I never really cared much for lyrics anyway, so that part doesn't bother me at all. And more importantly, man, they just know what's going on over there. They know how to make a song. Jeez, dude. Like, I would say my like, exposure to Japanese rock is just like anime openings pretty much, and that's like it. <laughs> That's that's fair. That's that's I, that's where most people that's where most people are at on the spectrum, which is <laughs> totally fine. I don't expect uh, much of anyone to be very familiar with it. I'm I'm telling you, man, it's ridiculous. It's like even the most like basic songs, because like I don't know what they how they perceive a lot of the music there in Japan and whatnot. So I don't know because I'm not there. Even the stuff that I see is like this is probably the equivalent of American Idiot over there. It's still just like so much more musically just impressive i'll have to check some out you have to link some to me or something yeah i can do that yeah they they just know what's up uh on top of that one artist that i listen to a lot out of any genre that i wait to listen to is jack stopper i don't know if you're familiar with who he is but he's just an indie artist i think i've heard of him but i've never he's like an indie pop artist sort of thing um but he has like a really wacky style his music's like pretty crazy sounding one of my top five favorite albums is one of his and it's one of his uh his more recent albums called hilo i think it was released in like 2018 that album is just full of a lot of amazing songs and i'm not someone who typically goes out of the way and listens to albums don't tend to do that but there were a lot of songs from this album that i had heard just as singles then i was just like you know what these are all on the same album maybe i should just listen to the album and I did. It's just it's just really good, like through and through. In, in the album, like I said, he has a really weird style, and that's like a lot of it's dictated by his just like does like really weird vocals and stuff. He's like a really recognizable sound in like his music. Like there's a lot of uh, I don't want to like talk too much about music theory or anything like that, but like <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's got a lot of um specific like ways that he likes to to write stuff and whatnot. And you hear a lot of like the same similar synth sounds in all of his songs. So it's like 
it's usually pretty easily recognizable even if you don't listen to his vocals he's had a lot of like songs that have gone like pretty viral um so i'm sure you've probably heard like a couple of them in like memes back in like 2016 because that was a thing <laughs> or whatever i don't know but uh i'm Maybe. sure you've heard some of his stuff uh, yeah I would, I would just have to listen to it music from me well probably for most people is like if you go through my library on Spotify and just put it on shuffle and just a random song comes on nine times out of 10, I can tell you where I first heard that song or what I was doing or really? something related to that. I connect to music with memories. That's impressive. That's um, really neat. Whether it be, you know, sitting in the car, riding with my dad to the fucking flea market on a Saturday and we're listening to black Sabbath or clutch or something, one of his favorite bands or just, vibe into country music with my boy camden because i used to hate country music but he he kind of showed me that not all country music is all about drinking beer (laughs) woman cheat on me pickup truck you know it's um, oh yeah there's definitely some good country like country is one of the go-to out like genres for people to hate on but like wagon wheel goes hard and you can't convince me otherwise you can't you can't ever tell me that's wrong (laughs) it really does though (laughs) But yeah, I I can any song just like Green Day American Idiot, it just takes me back to middle school. One of my ex-girlfriends, she she was a big fan of Green Day. She had a American Idiot t-shirt and I guess she kind of got me interested in the Green Day a little more cuz I knew they existed, but I never really, you know, listened to their stuff and from their, you know, singles like American Idiot and Holiday. And then of mm-hmm. course Boulevard of Broken Dreams. That I I said that was yeah. probably the first green day song i ever heard it might have been mine as well honestly definitely when i was young that was like one of my favorites it was probably my favorite one wake me up when september ends was also um that's such an emotional song yeah see when you when you said like with the japanese rock that you didn't care for lyrics like i can't i can't see myself not caring for lyrics because half of half of me half of the enjoyment of songs is usually relating to the lyrics in my yeah case yeah I understand that that's like that's a lot of people man ever since i uh i really developed like my sense of like how i write music and whatnot and like just started writing more in general i started getting like really into like uh into music theory and making that a big part of um how i how i even listen to music so um for a lot of stuff that i listen to i don't even pay much attention to, to the words or okay like, I got all so you pay attention more busy. to like the music arrangement and how yeah. it's structured like, i got you i'm sitting there listening to it and being like oh wow that's a oh, that's the light motif when he did this and the major seven and the melody and like <laughs> like i that's how it, that's literally how i think and it's you're it's... one of those nerds <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i i don't like to uh i don't like to talk about it much because i know i know it gets on people's nerves no. uh, i mean I'm it's, sure it's it cool um, yeah, I think it's really neat. If I understand, like, I understand music theory, but not to the extent of like, oh, this is this chord or this is that, you know, motif or whatever. Yeah. If I got into it and under and you know studied it a little more, I would definitely enjoy it. Yeah. I I guess music is sort of an escape for me, I guess you could say, and I like to connect to it emotionally and relate mm-hmm. to it in many ways. There's definitely some songs that are that are like that. Like uh, "Forever and Always" by Parachute. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Oh yes, I love Parachute. But that song uh, is one yeah. of those ones where, like, because if the song has like really good lyrics, I can I, I can definitely appreciate it. And that song is just 
unbelievably sad. Yeah, it is. It's um, just one of those that can get you in the feels anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime I listen to that, it's a, it's a good time, but like the bad kind of good time, the good <laughs> yeah. kind of bad time. Hurt so yeah. good. <laughs> but I, I think you, you have a song like that. That's particularly uh, strong, like in terms of like the emotional value and the lyrics and whatnot. I think people a lot of times don't attribute enough credit of that to the music itself as well. Cause you could take those lyrics and just like write a poem or something with them and it'd be like, yeah, yeah this is, this is sad. If you, <laughs> I mean, that's all you'll do. If you're like, Oh, that's a sad story, I guess. But with yeah. the music, it turns into something so much more. It's astounding. Parachute. I, I recently found, uh, I'd say maybe 2019. I found them like I've forever and always was like, it appeared in my discover weekly on Spotify. I was like, damn, this is really good. But I never took the time to, dive deep in their discography but when that happens i usually regret it later on and i was like damn why haven't i found these people before because that's happened with me and a uh, canadian rock band called mariana's trench i don't know if you've heard of them i feel like i've heard the name but i don't uh, i don't know any of their songs by name that's for sure well they they were pop punk and then they slowly evolved into this like symphonic rock type of thing and it's because they have this this like chord progression. I'm not sure what the chords are exactly, but they have this chord progression starting from their second album, Masterpiece Theater, and it just it slowly evolves every album. And then when they reach the 2016 album, Astoria, they just break that chord progression down and just expand upon it in like this major symphonic way, and it's amazing. That's really cool. Is this Mariana's Trench? So you said it was. Yeah, Mariana's Trench, Canadian rock band. I believe their first album, Super Tramp, I want to say. Not Super Tramp. That's a band. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, like, Shake interesting Tramp. choice. Shake Tramp, I believe. That's at least one of the songs. I, I kind of just went hard on Mariana's Trench for, like, half a year. So I kind of got burned out on them, not going to lie. Hmm. But it's it's definitely worth checking out because they don't have that many albums. Their most recent album was pretty on the lower end. It came out in 2019 called Phantoms. Like, it still had some good ones, but, like, after Astoria and... What's the other one? I, it's literally my favorite album, and I can't even <laughs> think of it. Wow. I'm just that bad. Ever After, that's it. That is their concept album. Me and concept albums are just... I, I mm. love concept albums, like 2112 and Pink Floyd to yeah. the Wall. 2112 is actually... Uh one of the albums that I put as my top five. That is that is definitely... It took a long time to decide between that and uh, The Wall. And I, I only <laughs> wanted to pick one concept. Uh, yeah, uh, 2112 is just too, too just good. Too good. It, too it good is too me. good. They're both excellent, though. Uh, yeah, Ever 2112 I, uh, was a part of my first top five list, and mm-hmm. but I've kind of stepped away and look at looked at more albums that I yeah. thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, that's why I kind of didn't really plan on talking about it too much because I know we already have. I mean, it's fine. I listen to enough music that I can pick out more albums. But since we're on the topic, we might as well, you know, start off with our top five album. Uh, we're gonna start from five, and then we'll count down. It, it's unbelievably difficult for for me to uh to rank these because, like like I've mentioned, uh, I don't listen to uh to full albums too often. And when I do, it usually is 
a big deal. Okay, starting from five for me is uh, Hawaii Part Two by Miracle Musical. Uh, that's very possibly one that uh, you might not be familiar with, but yeah, it doesn't. Sound it is. Familiar. Yeah. Do you know the band Tally Hall? I don't believe so. They're they're just a a, a band. Uh, I think I think they might be an indie band. I'm not actually positive. Come to think about it, but um, they had a lot of their members. I think four of the members from Tally Hall worked on this uh, this album in the group of Miracle Musical. It's really interesting. A lot of the music in it is like really really vibey in a way. A lot of the songs just kind of sound like a lot different from each other. It's I'm not too awfully sure on the uh, like the process that it was written, like what they uh, what they did. But it almost feels like a different person wrote each and every song, and it's like a di- huh. they use like different vocalists for a lot of them too. So that very possibly might be what happened. Uh, I'm not positive though. I think one of the most famous songs from it is uh, "Dream Sweet" in C major, uh, and that's the last song on the album. It's also by far the longest. Uh, well, not by far. I think uh, I think the Mind Electric is pretty close. It's just a really really good album with a lot of. Um, lot of orchestral work and like a lot of really really good piano work throughout it and stranded lullaby is a song from there as well joe holly i believe is the uh the guy who did that one he he's singing in it uh and he is one of the members of tally hall and it's just a like a piano solo sort of thing with the uh with him singing and it's just a really nice song throughout the entire album like a couple parts of a couple songs feel a little a little strange which is why it's in number five. Uh, overall, there's too many really good moments in it for it to not be one of like my favorites. Huh. I guess I'll have to check them out. Yeah, I expect there's decent odds that you won't be familiar with. Three out of five, at least. I mean, you never know. <laughs> All right, well, at my number five, took me a minute to decide number five, but I think I narrowed it down to Lucas Graham's technically second studio album, it's his self-titled album, just called Lucas Graham, which is actually the band name. I didn't realize. I thought it was he, he was just a one-man band, and he's just you know a pop artist. And his number one single you probably recognize as Seven Years," which is a very emotional song about you know growing up, you know, yeah, becoming a man. And mm-hmm. every song on that album, like "Mama Said," of course, Seven Years," "Strip No More," yeah. All three of those just phenomenal. He has three albums, and this album basically put him on the map, especially with the Seven Year Song. Came out in 2015, and it's just kind of vibey pop, I guess you could say. I could definitely say that a uh, Hawaii Part Two, also like definitely sounds pretty emotional for a lot of it. It's like, but not bad emotions by any means. It's just like it kind of just feels happy to listen to. I guess you could call it like a like a comfort album, you know, like something just to listen to, just to feel good. Not all the songs necessarily, but as a a good mood. Number four is even harder to pick. And I don't want to be that guy who has to do it, but, uh, uh, 2112 is is my (laughs) number four. It feels bad. It feels so bad. Um, It's just so low on the list. (laughs) I know. I know. I, I cringed at it had to be done, I suppose. And, I feel like a lot of people hate on me for that. Yeah, that album, obviously amazing. The Overture, a masterpiece, I would say. I'd go as far to say that. 
Uh, yeah. I think my favorite song from it might actually be a passage to bang. Oh yes, the song about weed. <laughs> no, I just I, I just like the song. It's, I just like it's the song. pretty eccentric. On honestly, Passage to Bangkok is one of my least favorite off of the album, but it, it's still really good. But out of all the other songs, I think it's the weakest. I you know I, I definitely um prefer um it's it's my favorite song other than like the overture and like everything with the overture. Well, yeah, um, overture because that's drastically better than the whole album as a in my opinion. So just like all the stuff like the overture and the Temple of Syrinx, like. That whole thing. Too good. Just, it's phenomenal. And it tells an yeah. actual story. It's not just, you know, senseless. Yeah, and it's it's not like it's not a bad story or anything either. Because a lot of concept albums suffer from having really good music and a decent story. But this one's like it goes hard. I would say Twilight Zone is probably my favorite out of yeah. all of the on the second yeah. uh second. I don't know side. why. I don't know why I like a passage to Bangkok. It might just be the little like uh, the little like uh, quote riff. of the. Oh no 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 the uh, the little like percussion quote that it uses just a little do 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 like that whole little thing. Oh yeah, the little. I, I yeah. think it uses that at some point. I just think that's so funny. That, that might honestly be the main reason why I like it so much. It's pretty good. I mean that that opening riff is pretty good. I enjoyed that. Uh, I don't know. I like Twilight Zone because it like it speeds up and that slows down like where he go he he kind of yeah. like where he's talking and then it's like whispering and you're like kind of in this mystical you know space or something i, I like that feeling um but yeah passage of bangkok is a great song but personally i think it would it's the weakest one on there but it tells a pretty funny story all right so at my number four and <laughs> i might get some hate for this one but i oh will boy. die on this hill floors. i no, mine is more controversial because really? not a lot of people like this band, or at least this band gets a lot of hate for no reason. I get it's for Nickelback. their newer albums. Yes, it is Nickelback. <laughs> oh boy. I will <laughs> die on this hill. They are not that bad. I and agree. All the right reasons is it's just it's so good. Every song on that album is just so good. Follow you home. Animals is a fun bop where you you know getting it on with your girl in the car and then her father just is just outside the car and then you start speeding down the highway. Um, Saving me is just one of the greatest like almost ballady rock songs, modern rock songs of mm -hmm. all time. And I'd say this album is pretty emotional too, on like with photograph because he's just he's talking about just basically giving up on life almost. If everyone cared, like just in the title alone. Oh, if everyone like, cared, that one was always the like one of the most emotional ones for me. Exactly, and then of course oh. the classic rock star, yeah. who doesn't want to be a rock star? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't mention it, but uh, Nickelback was definitely one of the bands I listened to a lot while growing up. Yeah. I just completely forgot until you said something. But no, that was one of the biggest bands, maybe even the biggest one that I listened to. Like most artists suffer from like having a really good album and then the next album just doesn't live up to the expectations. But you have all the right reasons released in 2005 and then immediately afterwards in 2008, you get Dark Horse, which is really good. But I, I prefer all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I will die on the hill saying that Nickelback is not as bad as everyone says it is. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I don't I never understood Nickelback. I have a theory, though. 
My theory is that everyone hates Nickelback because the lead's Chad. Chad Kroger. It's not Nickelback without Chad Kroger. I mean, come uh, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, of course. And you know the band Theory of a Dead Man? Yeah. They're basically like Nickelback clones, and they sound exactly like Nickelback. And it turns out that Kroger produced some of Theory of a Dead Man's music. Really? Nickelback. That's great. After Dark Horse, I don't know. It seems like every album they released just wasn't as good. And then now they've they recently did like you know the uh, rock star um, what was it sea shanty thing? I'm like, dude, that's oh just, yeah, <laughs> it was so bad. I don't see why people like that. And then they did the uh, sort of metal version of the Devil Went Down to Georgia, which we all know that the version on Guitar Hero Three Legends of Rock is the, the best, best version. Oh yeah, exactly. undeniably. <laughs> I, I played so much Guitar Hero, and I still do. I play I play Guitar Hero constantly. It is it is one of my one of my proudest games. One of the ones I'm, I feel I'm the best at. I miss it. Like I used to be so bad at it, but I'd say around 2012, 2013, I got a Wii. Yeah, I got a new Wii cuz I had no idea what happened to the old one. Um and I borrowed Legends of Rock uh from one of my other friends and played that for a solid month and I'm like reliving the memories and stuff but now you have to use clone hero on your pc to play it if you mm-hmm. don't have a wii or a 360 they need to make them backwards compatible but i know they won't but that's yeah, I, that's uh, all, like speaking of guitar hero like that introduced a lot of music yeah to me as well yeah same. a lot of uh, a lot of really cool stuff like uh cliffs of dover by eric johnson yes that's one of the best one of the most legendary ever written composed exactly eric johnson yeah, just a I, beast on the guitar uh, one of the things that inspired me to like play guitar in the first place was um was guitar hero and and so i started learning and i had a uh i had an uncle that played guitar but he lives in california and i i, I listened to a lot of his music um because he used to be in a band called 13 arrows um if you dig on youtube deep enough you can find some of it and he was the lead singer and I think the lead guitarist. He might have been rhythm guitar though. But um but I always thought he was the coolest thing for like being in a band and actually having music. It was good too. It wasn't like bad music. He was good. Um but one year my family took a trip to California and you know, obviously we met him there um and spent a lot of time with him. And I had him teach me how to play guitar a little bit. And he was teaching me how to play like how to play like the basic chords. And I was like Nah, this is lame. This is dumb. That's not what I want to do. And then proceeded to go back home. And the very first song I ever learned on guitar was one by Metallica. Oh, yeah, of course. Because of of Guitar Hero 3. (laughs) Move on, you know, however many years it's been, like 10 10 or so years. Uh, Now I can play Glyphs of Dover on guitar very proudly. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. I got to see that. It's just yeah, so no. hard to do. It's just really proud, really proud moment for me when I when I figured that out. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, Rocksmith. If I had an electric guitar to work with, I would probably try Rocksmith because that's still yeah alive I, relatively. I never, I never did it. Uh, I never played Rocksmith much, but I always thought it was a really cool concept and that was pretty neat. I think it 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 expected 
Guitar Hero to die because shortly after Rocksmith was mm-hmm. released, that's when Gar- Guitar Hero started getting uh, terrible. And we haven't seen one since Guitar Hero Live. So. Thank God. Yeah, that I'd play Guitar Hero Live and I'm like, what is this? This is not Guitar Hero. I played this it like is... one time and I was like, this <sighs> is not happening. <laughs> so bad. So, but now we have Beat Saber. So if you want to listen to good music, call <laughs> Beat Saber, you know? Like, <laughs> if you need that rhythm uh, rhythm game fix, there you go. No, I still, I still play a lot of Clone Hero. That's my rhythm game fix. If I had... A, you know guitar for it i would love to do it but you know i only had a playstation 2 guitar because that's what i always played uh guitar hero on and whatnot um but they they make converters you know and i bought one on oh yeah uh, on amazon or whatever for the ps2 to usb it's a a funny looking thing but uh i'm glad it exists Uh, isn't it i think that the 360 guitar is like the best one to use though isn't it it, it's like, the easiest because it already has USB, but in okay, terms of yeah. like, in terms of usability, I think Wii guitars are actually usually the best. Like uh, the Gibson Explorer is the best uh, Clone Hero guitar. Yeah, that's what that's what I play. Yeah, the Wii. Um, I had the guitars, but I gave them away because you know I shame I gave my Wii away, which I slightly regret. But it happens oh well. to the best of them. It it does. <laughs> But yeah, Guitar Hero 3 was... That's the Guitar Hero I grew up with and pretty much only played exclusively. My brothers had the Aerosmith one, but I never played it. I think they also had the Van Halen one, which I later played at a friend's house. But a lot of people swear by Guitar Hero 2, and that's just... Like, it has some really good songs, like Y1Z by Rush and, you know, Cherry Pie, but... I don't know. For some reason, Legends of Rock just stuck with me. The people that swear by Guitar Hero 2, I understand based on the the tracks and whatnot, but the engine was just so much worse. Exactly. The game it, was it, just just harder to play. It did not age well at all. Mm. Well, that's why we have Clone Hero. You know, completely yeah. free, and all you have to do is just download the songs and you can play them. Yeah, if, if Guitar Hero 2 had had the... Uh, this, the exact same engine as Guitar Hero 3, I still think I probably would have ended up liking 3 more, just because I do I do really like a lot of the tracks. Guitar Hero 2 did have stuff like uh, Jordan by Buckethead, which was made specifically for that game, just to be like this ridiculously hard song. And it was. I was always a loser, so I would just only play on like easy, because I could never... My pinky did not want to work. Later, basically when I got my Wii and got Guitar Hero 3 again, I started practicing on Medium, and I got a lot more used to using my pinky. But, like, mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, when I was younger, I just could it just would not click in my brain for some reason. Oh, no. As a man who who still plays a lot of Guitar Hero and actual guitar, but, but mostly Guitar <laughs> Hero and mostly guitar. As a man who plays a lot of Guitar Hero, I, I don't have a problem with it. I definitely, I don't think I ever did have a problem with the pinky that was just a me thing though i think when i was wow probably when i was like 11 or so was when i had beaten the whole game on hard already mm-hmm. like that was that was the age in which i was like all right time for expert and it was ridiculous and i still i couldn't do it it took me a long time before i was able to pull it off but like beating one on hard was the absolute hugest moment of my life as a child the only one i could probably not on like hard would have to be 
Slay well, obviously through the fire and the flames, but uh, Slayer's "Raining Blood." I fucking hate that song. It's it's a great <laughs> song. Don't get me wrong. I hate the way it's arranged on guitar here. I do feel like that song is maybe the hardest one to FC on Guitar Hero, just because the ridiculously like there's one section that's just insanely fast strumming, exactly. and then there's so many like like hammer on things that are just like really fast <laughs> trills that are just super hard to do. I miss it. I I want a 360 and I want, I could just do clone hero, but I need you to send me the parts or like send me <laughs> links to buy the parts. That's what I need. You, you were saying that you had the PlayStation controlling. You just bought an adapter. Are, mm-hmm. How cheap are those adapters? That adapter was like five bucks. Okay. Well then, yeah, the PlayStation ones are a lot easier to find anyway. You know. The Wii ones are the easiest to find, but <laughs> I think can, that one also has an adapter. But yeah, uh, you should uh, be able to use the Wii ones. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it because I don't have one, but I'm pretty sure you can. I that just need, prior I need like somebody to send me the links that knows exactly what they're talking about because I don't know. Like I looked up Wii Guitar Hero adapter the other day uh, when I went to Game Exchange and I could not find anything. So I I would just need somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about to send me exactly where yeah. i could get it i had to get mine off amazon so that's probably gonna have to be what you go for they only had one Wii guitar and then they had like a full rock band set but it was also mm. for the Wii. nobody wants to use the Wii no controls. yeah no <laughs> that's so sad because some of the some of the Wii controllers really were like some of the best controllers yeah like i was saying a lot of music taste also comes from guitar hero i Got World Tour about a year later after I got I got that Wii. It somehow looks worse than Guitar Hero 2 did right? on the Wii. I don't know I did how not they, get that. I, they were in. I think they were in such a hurry to like compete with Rock Band. Yeah. Because they were getting like all the instruments in and whatnot, and they were like, "Shoot, we got to do that. Make a game quick." That was dumb. I hated that. The like only big redeeming factor of that game for me was was beat it by Michael Jackson. That was really fun to play. Uh, it had uh, Hotel California as well, which was really fun to play. Uh, it had La Bamba. It had Stacy's Mom, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it had La Bamba. Just so many, like, it, it had a decent track list, but just the gameplay itself, it looked just so bad. I think it looks better on 360, but I never I never played it on 360. And then Yeah, I, I only think, ever played it on Wii. I think I tried to get Guitar Hero 5 because I saw that 2112 was on there. But for some reason, it would it would only connect me to like the vocals. It would never let me connect to the like guitar. That's or, very strange. I don't know why. Like I would literally set up the set up the guitar. Was there ever even a Guitar Hero four? Come to think of it, I think World Tour counted as four, didn't it? I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe I would, I would think so, or something like that. Because I just don't remember there ever being like a Guitar Hero four. Yeah, World Tour previously named four. Oh, okay. So they just they just changed it because of you know the the gameplay was the like you were literally going on tour to different locations yeah uh, around the world. Jimi Hendrix it had Stranglehold by Ted Nugent I remember that mm, yeah uh, Crazy Train by Ozzy I'm pretty sure uh, and then Guitar Hero Five did not have Twenty One Twelve I think like, yeah it was the, it was Guitar Hero Six Warriors of Rock that had Twenty One Twelve so I don't mm. even remember why I got Guitar Hero Five. Or maybe I'm just getting this all completely wrong. I have to look at the set lists. God. 85 songs by 83 separate artists. Two Minutes to Midnight by Iron Maiden. That's a good one. That is a very good one. 
Bob Dylan all along the Watchtower, Come Down by Bush. That's that would be pretty fun to play. Feel Good mm-hmm. by Gorillas, Hungry Like a Wolf, Duran Duran, Hurt So Good, John Mellencamp. Oh God, Sonic Youth, gross. I <laughs> that is that is the one song their song on uh, Legends of Rock. I hated playing it. I hate the vocalist. It sounds Which trash. One? I can't remember what it was called. It was the one that was on Legends of Rock. It was very yeah. not fun to listen to. I don't know. Cause I don't know the band too well. So Smashing Pumpkins, I hate. I do not like them. And Sonic Youth, I. those are the only two is bands. It, is it the vocalist that bothers you for Smashing Pumpkins? It's just everything. I don't like... It's the vocalist, but just really? everything. I don't like their songs. I don't like the way they sound. I don't like... The vocals, nothing. With Smashing Pumpkins, I, I feel like they musically are just really, really skilled. And their music is just like really well done. Billy Corgan's voice objectively can be, you know, a little little hard on the ears sometimes yeah, and for some people. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like them because their music as a whole is just like, I think, pretty good. Like you either love them or you hate them. There's no in between. It makes sense. That's the only thing I've ever heard. Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy, heard that too much. Uh, Cribs and I by Three Doors Down, Lonely is the Night by Billy Squire. So yeah, it had a pretty good ones on there. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't no, sound it, like there's anything like too great on there for like you know like really hard songs and whatnot though. Yeah, I don't know what the hardest song on here would be. Uh, ooh, Sultan's Swing by Dire Straits. Yeah, it was ooh. it was Guitar Hero Six that had um, Twenty One Twelve. So maybe I got that one and it just wouldn't. I don't know. I I remember getting. Either Guitar Hero Five or Warriors of Rock, it would only connect me to the vocals. It would not. I think Warriors of Rock might have also been the one that had uh, another song by Dragon Force that a lot of people think or is even harder than Through the Fire and Flames, uh, which which I would probably disagree with. Fury of the Storm was the song though. Fury of the Storm. I don't think I've ever I heard think, that one. Yeah, I think I had that. It has like a tapping riff in it somewhere that's like pretty similar to the beginning of Through the Fire and Flames, but like. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost the same thing, honestly. A little different. Oh yeah, Warriors of Rock is definitely my shit. Aqualung, Jethro Tull, Black Rain, oh. Soundgarden, Bleed It Out, Lincoln Park, Burn of You, Blue Oyster Cult, Dance Dance by Fallout Boy, <laughs> Fortunate Son by CCR, Graduate by Third Eye Blind. There really were a lot of stacked yeah. soundtracks in, in the later games. I don't know why I never oh, like yeah, definitely got around to playing them. I think it's because I always played on PS2, so like I didn't have the uh, like like Guitar Hero Three was like the latest one I had access yeah. to. Renegade by Styx, Tick Tick Boom by The Hives. That's a fun song, and then of course Twenty One Twelve in its entirety. That is that is fun. Yeah, I need to look up these parts, and I could easily just borrow a Wii guitar. So I I need to get a Wii adapter, because I mm. gave my Wii guitars to Will because he was also he grew up with. Uh, guitar hero as well he's one of those who swear by guitar hero too i don't get it and and we still we still argue about it to this day man needs to 1v1 me and whoever (laughs) wins is is the victor i would love to see that but like he was what like six or seven and could play he recorded a video on youtube it might still be other might not on his dad's youtube he played uh the devil went down to georgia on expert when he was like six or seven, I can't remember. That's but like that. It was it was so hilarious. That would objectively be really impressive. Well, that was that was a tangent and a half for about thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Guitar Hero. If you've never played it, you didn't have a childhood. 
and you are still not living. So uh, go play it and get back to us. Otherwise, we just can't be friends. That's a good moral for this whole story. <laughs> so anyway, back to our original reason we are recording this podcast. I, I can't stress enough how long it took me to place every single one of these, but uh, third favorite album for me would be Fear Inoculum by Tool, which mm. is their, their most recent album. It was the first one they released in like something like 12 years or something like that. I was always a huge fan of Tool, probably ever since I was around 12 or so. And before that, they would still come on the radio and be like, oh, this song's so cool. But I didn't know like who it was or anything because I was a wee lad. But eventually, like once I kind of figured out the band and once I started getting into like, you know, actually playing music and writing music and whatnot, I started to appreciate them even more just because of how like subtly impressive a lot of what they do is. And I just like, I don't know, got to the point where I really liked the band. New album released, got super hype. It was one of the only albums that I have listened to in its entirety, just sit down and listen. And that was the moment it came out. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this a while ago, about listening to Tool and stuff. And I finally listened to their first two albums. I definitely enjoy the first album a little bit more than the second. Uh, which one was their first album? It was Undertow. And what was their second? Enema. Enema is a good one. I, I don't I don't think I've listened to all of Undertow, so um, I can't, oh, I can't it. say too much on that. I will say that my, my second favorite album of theirs is probably Lateralis. Third, I would probably say 10,000 Days. Uh, do they have any other albums? No, that's it. Undertow, Enema, Lateralis, 10,000 Days, and Fear Inoculum. I didn't want to miss something. I didn't want to be that guy who was a fake fan, but I, yeah, I thought that was all. <laughs> haven't listened to the first one enough um so i couldn't i couldn't rank it man Ten Thousand days like the song like wings from marie part two mm. Ten Thousand days god tier song yeah which really gives me chills every time the thing about fear inoculum as an album is that there's four or so of those songs are not really as much of songs as they are i guess three of them mocking beat and chocolate chip trip are like not really as listenable as as the rest of it. It's 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 very much not like what you would expect. But basically, the main songs that are like actually songs: uh, Fear Inoculum, Numa, Invincible, Tempest, Calling Voices, and Descending. Um, I think Legion Inoculum, I if I remember, was like a little like was like still. I don't know. I didn't listen to the shorter ones more than once or twice, so I don't remember them too well. But all the ones that are like at least ten minutes. Or all the like, you know, the big boy songs, and uh, they're all just so good. Um, I've yet to listen to Lateralist and Ten Thousand Days and Fair Inoculum, but I've been on a Black Sabbath Aussie kick. That's that's the yeah, phrase, that's, I guess. That's... Um, I've been I've been basically going through all the discography of both of them, and shortly after I do that, I'm probably gonna go to Rainbow and then Dio. Uh, yeah, which will I will I will talk about later. So I haven't really listened to much other than them, and then of course in my library just whatever shuffles through. I will eventually get back to listening to Tool because it's only like five albums. So yeah, and I mean you've heard two of the five. So yeah. I mean like as far as I'm concerned, you've heard a lot of their music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I I remember when that album released, a lot of people were making a big deal about it. And I didn't I like I I remember hearing about the band. But my dad never really said much about them. Like he he liked them, but he he just no. He's they weren't Black Sabbath, you know, or they won't they weren't Clutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't really hear much of their music. 
Will's dad was a big fan of them. Will told me that for his dad's birthday, he got him a tool box set, which I believe had, of course, Fear Inoculum. And I think it had like all the CDs maybe or something. I can't remember. But it was basically, it was a tool box set and had a whole bunch of shit come with it. I was like, huh, yeah, I've heard of that band, but I've never really listened to their stuff. He's like, you really should. They're they're pretty kick-ass. And then fast forward a couple years later, you recommend them finally got around to listening to him and not disappointed the the one thing that i feel like most people say whenever tool comes up in conversation at least from what i've witnessed is uh that everyone seems to think that like they don't have a problem with tools music but they're like tool fans are the worst people in the world (laughs) what and i'm like i'm so confused because like people genuinely just really hate tool fans for some reason why? <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you. They seem pretty chill to me. I don't. Uh, so many people just have such a problem with Tool fans. I don't think I've ever heard that until now. That's like I've, I've heard from like one of my friend's dads said that whenever I was like wearing a Tool shirt, um, <laughs> which is like by the way I own like two shirts with bands on them, and it's like Tool and Led Zeppelin. And I, I believe that's it. I um, have. I think I only have two as well. I, I, I just bought them about a couple of months ago, too. I bought a Kiss one, and I bought a Ghost t-shirt. Mm, love Ghost. Which we'll love also too, talk but... about later. So for my number three, which changed drastically, I could not decide number three. But I settled down because I haven't really talked much about country music. Montevallo by Sam Hunt. It is his first studio album released in 2014. And it's definitely a very influential album for, like, as people like to call it, progressive country or pop country, you know? Prog country. <laughs> Prog country, Country oh five four. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a curse. <laughs> like I said, I wasn't big on, on country music until my buddy Camden kind of pushed me towards country. Plus, I, like I was saying, I was kind of burned out on listening to classic rock all the time there wasn't really a new pop band or mm-hmm. new band that I was really like hooked onto and listening to the music constantly. So I was like, you know what? It's something new. Might as well try it. Cause I always hated it when I was a kid, when my mom would be driving and she would put on kiss in 96 <laughs> and just have country music rolling. And I'm like, Oh, I hate this mom. Put on fucking black Sabbath like dad does. And let's rock. Let's <laughs> not listen to this crappy sappy love stuff um but no it it, it was definitely a bre- breath of fresh air listening to country music and this was one of the first albums i really listened to sam hunt very new to the country scene um i think he released like an ep in 2014 as well and then shortly afterwards he released montevello or montevallo whatever however the fuck you want to pronounce it it's named after the town in alabama so Alabama friends, even though I don't have any, please tell me how to pronounce that. Pretty sure it's Montevallo, though. But literally every song, I think this would fit under like a, a perfect album list for me. Oh, Every song is a banger. There's, it is upbeat. Well, m- most of it's upbeat, but like listening to the first single that was released for it, uh, Leave the Night On, you can tell exactly what the album's going to be like just really upbeat he has a very soothing voice like it's not like uh uh what's his name josh turner 
he's not that smooth, but like he has a very, very. I mean, most country people have that, you know, twang, but it's very smooth. It's not like over the top. Yeah, smooth twang. Yeah, smooth twang. So he 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 has that rhythm. He it's so it's bouncy. It's just everything about it is catchy. <laughs> Yeah, even the slow songs are just very easy to listen to. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is like a it's like a more modern yeah. country style, right? Yeah, it's it's pop country. It's literally it's also considered R and B apparently. Oh, <laughs> according according to Wikipedia, you obviously shouldn't you know trust Wikipedia, but that's yeah, what you know, definitely saying. not Con- in this instance, I wouldn't think. <laughs> yeah, no, plays. Lead vocals, acoustic guitar, ganjo. What the fuck is a ganjo? Oh, they ganjo? call. Oh, it's a banjo guitar. They call it a ganjo in Australia. That's really upsetting for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so he plays the the ganjo and uh, piano. It, it yeah, guitar. But yeah, this was his first. Stu- like he literally only has two studio albums out. This one in 2014, and he released one back in 2020 that he had singles for back in 2016 he's just a great guy great personality and his songs actually tell a story as most country does but like some of it some of those new country just sucks and it doesn't really tell the same story over and over but like this is you know him talking about obviously past breakups i'm pretty sure he talks about his wife anyway yeah like very the slow songs are mostly emotional and then the upbeat songs are like Yo, let's party, you know. If you like that new country sound and you actually want, you know, substance in your music, I highly recommend listening to just Sam Hunt in general because he only has two albums. Every every song has some depth behind. Definitely appreciate a good story. That is a um so if it tells like a good story, <laughs> yeah. then then I I'll, I can at least appreciate that much. The, the most like modern like country stuff is better than like that like 2008 country you know the really just exact same like every song's just the same thing they were like, they were trying to find their place there's like there's like a banger here and there few and far between but yeah i'll probably check them out my number two album quite the drastic jump in in style from modern country we're back on that uh that japanese rock train um <laughs> There's a there's an artist named Minami, and she just has the most insanely amazing and perfect voice, just ever. And that the instrumentals that she uses, it's very much like it's very epic. It's it's hard to describe, but it's this very epic combination of orchestral and like hard rock instrumental. So it's like very like guitar solo in the background piano playing and these big taiko drum sounds and whatnot absolutely love all of her stuff she released her first album i usually go by like how many songs like i'd say the max for an ep is about it has five songs yeah it has has definitely i would call it an ep there were because because it's so hard to keep track of stuff that's like you know completely in a different language so it's hard to say but basically, she's released very little music so far that's been like actively like put forth. Potentially wrong assumption that the EP of uh, the title track uh, "Kawaki wo Ameku," uh, which means I believe I think I think it translates to "crying for rain," but uh, it has five tracks. Literally, not a a single one of them has a single flaw. Objectively, should be 
first place my 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 favorite album if i was just going off of like purely like really good music it's i would call it a perfect album i would call her a perfect musician i've never heard a song from her that was not literally one of the best songs i've ever heard in my entire life yeah they're they're considered uh many albums or eps it's so good i cannot stress enough how much everyone needs to at least hear it I know a lot of people are very big on lyrics, so as a result, if you can't understand what they're saying, you appeal to them. Uh, but to that yeah. I say, screw you, listen to it anyway, because it's really good. <laughs> the sound in general is is really clean. Like, her range is crazy. She does, like, plenty of, like, little, like, vocal things that are like, ooh, you know? Like, you hear it, you're like, ah, ooh, you know? I, I cannot brag about her enough or, or, or brag on her enough. She's so good. I've never heard of her, but I will definitely <laughs> check her out. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing right. she's a lot bigger in Japan. I'm guessing like a lot of people. She, I mean, uh, they said in 2020 she signed a music deal with Warner Music Japan. So I'd say that's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, she's verified on Spotify. That's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're just going to jump in between uh, completely different genres because my number two. I mentioned this band earlier, and I mentioned them in a previous episode. Ghost, so great. Symphonic Mm -hmm. heavy metal, and it only gets better every album. Their most recent album released on June 1st, 2018, Prequel. Mm -hmm. I originally said that Meloria was my favorite by them, but that was before I heard this album. Mm -hmm. Absolute bangers on this. Or the, the first two singles, Rats... And Dance Macabre, or Dance Macabre, that's what it's called. Just very upbeat, poppy, rocking. Rats um, goes so hard. It does. It really does. But the first song I heard off of this album was Dance Macabre. Um, And I was like, oh, man, this just tops about half of Meloria already. Like, Meloria is still really good. Just I could constantly listen to Prequel without getting bored. Because there, there are a couple, um, like maybe one or two songs on Meloria that are just a little too much. But like, it seems like every album uh, they release gets a little more symphonic and a little more grand and a little more poppy. Yeah. Which you don't really necessarily want to get with like a heavy metal band. But like, yeah, especially one with like such a not to you know to say you know bad things about them or anything, but especially one with such a like somewhat satanic image. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's their whole, that's their whole point. I absolutely enjoy what they're doing with it because like their first album was really heavy and i like i first listened to it i'm like eh, this is a little too heavy for me but like i was saying I, as every album goes on it gets a little more poppy a little more symphonic a little more mm. grand and then i went back and later listened to the first time like wow uh, I, I love the themes that they're expressing but sometimes it can be a little dark but i still appreciate it for what it is but yeah prequel absolutely amazing i'm so ready for the new album they have not said anything just yet about anything they released an ep if you'd even call it that i think it was like maybe three songs two songs not e- not even three that i think it's it started going back into like more of a heavier sounding thing and a little more thematically dark and satanic almost psychedelic in a way it was too Two songs, Kiss the Go-Goat and Mary on a Cross, by the names of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much guess. But it wasn't 
but it just wasn't prequel. Like I was expecting more poppy stuff, but didn't get that. I haven't listened to them since they released, so I might go back and listen to them real quick. But yeah, um, I think they are releasing one later this year. Yeah, to be announced. Prequel by Ghost. Phenomenal. Yeah, I had a had a friend who once got to see them in concert. And uh, he, he said it was one of the most wild experiences that he's like ever had in, in like in, in concert. It's just really wacky stuff. <laughs> wacky might not be the, the <laughs> best descriptor, but uh, but that's what I'm going to say. I would love to go see them. Mm-hmm. And they're 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 newer, like and they're not old, you know, so I can't. Yeah. I actually have a chance to go see them soon. It's yeah, it's not like uh, like I, I just went just last week um, or like just. Man, yeah, a little under a week ago, I just went and saw um, Fall Out Boy, Weezer, and Green Day. Oh, wow. And, Dude, uh, we were no. going to go. We were going to go to that concert. Me and my buddy Camden, we were we were thinking about buying tickets. Or back in 2019, when this whole thing was planned, we were going we were gonna to go to the Hell Omega tour. Yeah. We just, because of COVID, we didn't go. And we were like, okay, well, we, st- we could still go this year. But, you know, life happens, and we could not. But that's so I'm rough so jealous yeah the hell omega tour very very cool they're all like 50 now yeah they're you getting know? old weezer is definitely starting to become classic rock like i can definitely see that but that's just I, so weird i'm not i'm never gonna see fallout boy as classic pop green day i i definitely see as classic rock at this point weezer yeah. ah i don't know if i i don't know if i can say that yet but i will say one thing that really caught me off guard, the lead guitarist and lead singer of Weezer. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, Rivers Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. That man can apparently shred, and it's a little upsetting. <laughs> because he's like genuinely pretty damn good at guitar. So how come you never hear that in a single Weezer Yeah, song? because they're they're always so tame, and he's not, he's not shredding on... Uh, except for the Van Weezer album, I don't know. When, if you... when they, I, I've not heard it, but when they played Hashpipe, it was literally so metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go. It's not too late. They, they, you know, they're still going around. I don't know if they're going well, yeah, to be. Yeah, but the yeah, the closest they're going to be was Texas. Yeah, uh, in Houston, that's where I went. It's it's that time for for the number one album. Oh boy, <laughs> kind of huge, kind of huge. Not gonna lie, <laughs> number one album which I may have already alluded to, I don't remember. Like I said, objectively, I think the the EP by Minami has better music, but there's just simply less, and it doesn't just feel the way that this album does, but it's Hilo by Jack Stauber. It's just, I don't know how, but it's it's just so consistently good. I feel so weird about Jack Stauber, because... <laughs> He doesn't write anything very complicated. He doesn't write anything. It doesn't seem like it should be too special just from like someone were to describe the sound to you and whatnot. You'd yeah. be like, oh, well, eh. I mean, yeah, okay, that's music, I guess. <laughs> you described music to me. Congratulations. But when you when you're listening to him, everything has such a unique feeling to it. And just like going through all the songs on the album when you're listening to them, like, Opening with Kunk, just absolute banger. Great way to start an album. Deadweight next. It's like a a lot more of like a like a standard like pop sound, or like yeah. or like not necessarily sound, but like 
like format to a song and like coconut ranger it's like real slow and almost a little ambient but it's just so good leopard john and nancy and beard it just is banger after banger it doesn't <laughs> stop every every song on the album is great even the ones that like you i don't listen to very often oh yeah i forgot that's you know i forgot that's on the album i'll go and listen to it i'll be like yeah that song is still amazing why don't i listen to this the, the ones that always that always slip my mind are uh the seventh and eighth tracks uh it's all right and small world objectively both really good songs and then hour every once in a while i'll be like oh shoot yeah i forgot about that one i think it's the i think it's the second to last track so the 12th one but then ending on pizza boy ah that, that song is just emotional it's for, for no good reason it's just it it, it hits the feels that's yeah. such a great way to end see the only jack Stauber album i listened to was pop food and i recognized of course buttercup which was huge on tiktok and i think mm-hmm. that's what really spurred him because i'd never heard of him before then um yeah it's you know the thing is buttercup was kind of like that was a meme before TikTok, and it kind of just recirculated eventually, <laughs> and then made its way back to being like a meme again. Because I would have to go on YouTube, but um, Buttercup, yeah, it it definitely that song alone definitely pushed him forward a lot. On top of a lot of like his just animations on YouTube and whatnot, because that's like what he kind of started as before he started like doing like like recording studio albums and whatnot like viator i think my i think that was his first album finite or, form is his first one. Oh, finite form you're right yep. yeah that's that's not one that like ever sees the light of day really yeah that's not that's not something that ever really uh anyone really talks about i don't know after, after listening to pop food like it's very very different i will definitely say that i haven't necessarily decided whether i really enjoy them or not but it's definitely something different um so i will give it credit for that um i would i would just have to listen to more my first experience with them i didn't really like them the the first song i heard by them was two time that was because like at the time it was uh it was like my girlfriend's like favorite song at the time and so i was just like well i mean i'll listen to it and i listened to it i was like I don't like this at all. Where's the guitar? Where's the shredding? <laughs> you know, back at that point, I just, I did, I didn't have the appreciation that I needed for a lot of things. I was like, eh, it's whatever. But then like, I forget about the song completely. Forget about him as a person completely. Two years or so pass. I hear that same song again. And I'm like, this is really good. And, and, and so I started listening to more of his stuff. And some of my friends started like being like, oh yeah, you know, I know that guy. Like, yeah, I listen to him all the time. You know, I, and it basically became this whole thing of like, we kind of all realized at the same time that we all really like Jack Stauber. And it's become like the go-to like music for us to just listen to in the car and stuff. But yeah, I will just say Pop Food has a lot of good songs. They generally are a bit more like tame, I guess, than a lot of the uh, the stuff on High Low. Buttercup, obviously, very, very fun sound. Uh, Oklahoma very very tame song bothersome they all kind of have this this very like more mellow sound for the most part um there are some of them there i think i think dog nightmare was a little more bumping yeah hilo the songs just kind of slap a little harder pop food are good songs hilo are bangers that's what that's the difference i would say there all right i got you because i'll have to give that one a listen then 
All right. Now for my number one album, which changed Ooh. a lot. And back to Black Sabbath. So I started, oh. like I said, I started going through all their discography as well as Ozzy. A lot of people don't really talk about the later years, at least from my experience of Black Sabbath. Yeah. When you think of Black Sabbath, you immediately think Ozzy. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I go to. And then, of course, secondary, Tony Iommi, master guitarist. Once you remove Ozzy from Black Sabbath, it's just like, are they really Black Sabbath? You know, like, Ozzy has this very specific way of singing. And yeah. just to remove that from the Black Sabbath sound, it's just not right. So that's what they did. They completely got rid of the whole black sabbath dark heavy metal stuff and kind of gave it a little more i don't know it just it just had it has more life in the later albums the one i'm currently speaking about is the first one without ozzy heaven and hell the 1980 black sabbath album with three angels on the front smoking cigarettes and playing cards great um so they still kept the theme of you know uh but got rid of and they got ronnie james dio I, I, I'm just, I don't know how this is not something that I never knew. I don't know how I never knew that Dio took over in Black Sabbath. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. Like, I genuinely did not know until, like, I started talking to my dad about it. Because he pretty much knows everything about him. And I was like, wow, I, I just can't. Dio was in, I thought, like, he went from Rainbow immediately to his solo projects. He was like, nope. He went to Black Sabbath there for for a couple years. Um, and then did a solo stuff, and I was like, "Wow!" And yeah, the first the first studio album to feature Dio, amazing album. Like it it is not Black Sabbath. It's it's basically like Dio. Like just listen to his solo stuff and listen to like yeah. later Rainbow things. It's it's Dio, but with the master guitarist that is Tony yeah. Iommi. Having Dio and just Tony Iommi on guitar because I already love Dio, and and Tony Iommi is a legend. They they fit so well together. It's it's I like to compare it to Van Halen. What happened with them? Like, is Van Halen really Van Halen without David Lee Roth with his iconic screeching? You know, but I still swear to this day, the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen, the singer who took over after uh, David Lee Roth, it's so much better. They 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 actually sound like they're having a good time while they're recording. My dad recently recommended me watching a live show. It was uh, Van Halen Live Without a Net, where they had Sammy Hagar with them. They obviously are having a great time. It's just like how Dio was meant for Miami. Sammy Hagar was meant for Van Halen. They pair so well together. Every track off of Heaven and Hell, so fun, so full of life, but still has that Miami guitar sound, shredding. I can't put it in the words just how amazing this album oh i love it so much i love dio's vocals he is so good yeah dio is definitely in my opinion one of the best like heavy metal vocalists to ever exist and it's it's made me realize that ozzy is great i i i definitely enjoy ozzy but i like more of his ballad songs a lot more than like his rocking songs like they're of course paranoid you know and uh, crazy train but you know you've heard that 20 million times mama i'm coming home no more tears just so great i mean no more tears yeah. is a little rocking but i don't know just ballad ozzy is a lot more enjoyable for me than metal ozzy yeah i get that and that's why 
I think bringing Dio into Black Sabbath was a great idea. And I just wish Dio would have stayed a little bit longer. He only stayed for Heaven and Hell and then Mob Rules, which is the album after, which is it's it's just as good as Heaven and Hell. But I prefer a couple more songs on Heaven and Hell than Mob Rules. And Dio didn't come back to Black Sabbath until the 1992 album Dehumanizer, which I have yet to get to because I'm on the one before that, or I was on the one before that, The Eternal Idol. And I don't know if you saw my message about how I said that Technical Ecstasy, the second to last album Ozzy was on for Black Sabbath, was the worst Sabbath album. I don't uh, think I did see that, no. Okay, well, yeah, I, I originally, the 1976 Technical Ecstasy, I didn't care for it at all. They, they That's when they started moving away from the heavy metal sound there for a little bit, and that's kind of why Ozzy left. Uh, I didn't think it would get any worse than that. Like, there were still a couple songs on Technical Ecstasy I could, like, get with, but no. The 1987 album, The Eternal Idol, absolute garbage. Tony <laughs> Martin is the lead vocalist. I hate the way he sounds. I don't see how he got a job. They should have brought Dio back. Please? <laughs> like, I would have been happy if they would have brought Ian Gillen back from Born Again which was the one after Mob Rules, which also didn't sound like Sabbath, but like he had that maniacal laugh that made them sound very dark. And But no, they have this Tony Martin idiot who thinks he can sing, <laughs> but he cannot. The only thing I can say that is good about this album is Tony Iommi's guitar work. But even then, nothing is memorable. Like on every other album, you could pick a, few, uh, a couple songs where like you just have great solos or great riffs by Iommi. The eighth track on Eternal Idol, Lost Forever, that in, that opening riff, with, or opening little solo thing, I would say, because it's not really a riff, that to- Tommy does, great. Vocals, lyrics, absolute trash. Probably <laughs> will never listen to this again. I do not recommend it unless That's you are so a rough. diehard sap. Like, I, I, like, I've never been this passionate about an album. There is no album out there I can, I can think of at the moment that I hate more than this. It is absolute garbage. I am sorry, but that's just the truth. <laughs> and That's so sad. The two albums that actually follow this also have Tony Martin, but those aren't on Spotify because record deal signing things. So they signed with another thing. and They aren't on Spotify. But yeah, number one anyway, Heaven and Hell, Dio, Tony Iommi, perfect duo. If you love Dio, go check out Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. You will not be disappointed. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking back on uh on all the uh all the albums that I listed, um except for the Minami album because again, doesn't really you can't really find stuff on that as easily. I'm just looking at the ratings that they have on like Google, the you know this percentage like this album. Yeah. And uh, Rush 2112 is is the lowest one. It's 96%. Fear Inoculum is 97%. Uh, Hawaii Part 2 is 99 And Hilo is 100%. It is the perfect album. According to Google users, it is the perfect album. And who is there you can truly trust more, honestly? I wonder how big that sample size is, though. Uh, not sure. I mean, just <laughs> looking at all the, uh, all the ratings that were given on Google, there's 20. Thank you guys so much for listening. It has been a long episode i know but we we had a lot to talk about and there was a lot to ramble on and probably cut a little bit but there's definitely going to be a lot 
more I mean, left the guitar in. hero section is completely necessary it's, honestly it's, yeah it's the it's, most important part that, that's actually what uh what this episode is gonna be it's just guitar hero you know i'm, I'm gonna cut literally everything yeah, but guitar. Cut, cut the album stuff out no one cares <laughs> i know i haven't been on the ball i guess lately but life has happened and i'm trying to get back on the wagon recording uh scheduling conflicts mostly because uh, you know everybody has lives i'm gonna get back i'm gonna I'm not gonna take a month breaks like I have been. So if you've stuck around for this long, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, this has been the Opinionated Podcast, and we will talk to you guys later. <laughs>